Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to the Divorce Course Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about the process from beginning to end of the court conveyor belt. Now, about a year ago now, I think, Mum, we did court conveyor belt podcast episode yes. where we talked about the entire process from start to finish. But then along came... Then along came changes, yes. <laughs> along came life yeah. and they've changed a lot of things. So today yeah. I thought we'd better do an updated podcast episode and an Instagram live at the same wow. time in case anybody wants to, to listen. Oh, okay. On the process of divorce legally from separating, leaving to final. And this could mean the final trial or it could mean wh- wherever it is you stop along the way. Mm-hmm. And, Mum, just to clarify, thank you, first of all, for joining <laughs> us today, Hello. giving us all your brains and knowledge <laughs> and your family law 35 years experience. But to clarify, Mum, how can someone get off the divorce conveyor belt? So what are the ways you can get off the conveyor belt? Yes. And then we're going to talk the whole way through every step of the process of the conveyor belt. But firstly, how do you get off? Well, it's Australian law we're talking about here and and the Federal Circuit Court and Family Court of Australia. Uh, We're talking, you can get off by making a consent order or some other agreement um, that if you've already started your court process, you can do those things. But a better idea is probably to never get on the court conveyor belt to start with. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So why don't we talk about the processes people can take? Yes. So they've said, all right, I'm leaving, I'm done with you, or they've left, yeah. they're done with you, or you amicably split and decided to best go your other ways. What are the things people can do to stay out of court? Okay. What is the process? Okay, so the process, um, if it's kids, your first stop is a mediation. You try to get a mediation with a a qualified family dispute resolution provider. And if you go onto the Attorney General's website, it's not that user-friendly, but you type in your suburb and it'll list some people that can help you with mediation. Also, so can relationships. So first of all, you mediate. Uh, Then you try to negotiate by letter, maybe. Okay, well, let's talk about the mediation process first. What is the aim of a mediation? So you've left your partner, maybe you've got kids, you've got maybe a house, a car, a couple of, I don't know, investment properties maybe. So what's the the aim of that mediation? Well, to solve all your differences, to get to an agreement that you can then put down in writing. So with children, um, the... It is like working out where the kids go to live, who's when they're visiting each house, um, whether they're going to go to school or whatever. With property, you're working out a mediation. You're working out uh, who who gets the house, who's going to pay the bills in the short term and the long term, and all of those things. So mediation, you both go. Um, sometimes people don't go in the room together. Sometimes they like to be in separate rooms. Uh, your mediator is completely neutral. You can take lawyers or not take lawyers. Um, sometimes, um, yeah, so so sometimes it's better not to be in the same room. Sometimes it's better to be in the room. And it's a bit awful sometimes because it's the first time usually that you've spoken to the other person since mm. you, you left, which we all know is the very hardest part is actually going. Is, is it possible maybe if someone's left and they're getting divorced, 
they don't even need mediation. Is there a way that people could mm. get divorced without needing mediation or court? I think yeah, I think thousands and thousands of people do that. Uh, they yes. consciously uncouple, as they say, and I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it really so tickled my fancy. I loved that. Um, Yes, so they work out on paper who gets what and then they, uh, you know, we always recommend at least go and see some lawyer even for an hour or half an hour and make sure the orders are reasonably fair and that they're saying what you want them to say. Um, And then you can do consent orders and put them in. So so that sometimes people who leave already have a rough idea about how it's going to be split up and that never changes and it's just a matter of recording that agreement and putting it in the court. Okay, so if you've left but you can't agree on who gets what in your property negotiation Mm -hmm. and you can't agree on the kids' situation, Mm -hmm. then your next step is that mediation process and you can go on the Director General's website, which... Attorney General. Attorney General. Attorney, not Director General. (laughs) (laughs) That's a different kind of thing. Um, But anyway, Attorney General's website and you can uh, find a mediator there. Yes. Alternatively, you can use Relationships Australia. Yes. Is that correct? That's right. And sometimes um, like centre care and stuff like that, some of the churches offer it. Um, There are, you know, but you need to find a a FDRP, we love our acronyms here, and that's Family Dispute Resolution Provider, and they have to be registered with the Attorney General's office to do a children's one. Property, there's tons of mediators out there and, and they're not really on any particular list. Okay. All right. So, okay, then you go to mediation. Yes. That is obviously the first step. Mm. Now, that's not a court-appointed mediation. That's you going off your own bat, yes. going to pay a mediator. What if you don't come to an agreement in the mediation? What's the next step? So, the next step is to keep trying to mediate all the time. Keep trying. So, if the session didn't work and you, you walk out without an agreement, you may have both made some concessions. So, you can write a letter to the other side and see if you can't thrash some things out. Yep. So then after you've you've negotiated you've negotiated a mediation, maybe you've got some of the agreement nailed down. Mm. Then you can write some letters saying, "Hey, I think we've agreed on this. Yep. Pin that down." Yeah. But then what about say there's like three issues that are stuck and you cannot you agree. Cannot what agree happens? Well, well, it depends on the issues, and not for children, but for property, you might think about using an arbitrator. To, mm-hmm. to say, make a decision, really. Some of them mm-hmm. are retired judges, um, accredited specialists like me, um, barristers who know the law. And if you both put mm-hmm. your case to them, they can give you a response and tell you what what's most likely that you're going to get. And they can make like an award for you. So that's a very okay. cheap um well, it's expensive, but it's cheaper than going to court, and especially if there's just three matters. If you can't do that and you have to basically agree to go to arbitration, so you might be dealing mm. with someone who's high conflict on the other side or manipulative controlling, you may have to um, go to court on those issues and, and ask the court to make a judgment. And is that basically the next step? Is, so if yeah. you've tried to negotiate, you've tried mediation and it's still not, then the next step yeah. is court. Well, arbitration. Um, yeah. Yeah, arbitration. And then, and then if, court, if they won't agree to that, then, then, then you go to court. And so in in September last year, they changed the courts changed its processes. It's changed its name from the Federal Circuit Court and the other court was the Family Court to the Federal Circuit and Family Court of Australia. But they've also yeah. changed their processes. Um, that's what we're going to talk about now. I think, isn't it? 
Yes, it yeah. is. So we're going to talk about all the lovely things yeah. that have changed. If you are a listener who's listened for a long time, things have changed. Mm-hmm. If you're not a, lo- a listener from a long time, then you will learn what it is that the process yeah. entails. So let's start off with, let's pretend one of our listeners is really struggling. They can't get their ex to agree on what high school or primary oh. school, or maybe there's some sort of parenting disagreement. Mm. Okay. They can't get through mediation. They couldn't figure it out with arbitration. What do they do? What is the first step in the court? Okay. So you need to file a lot of documents to start with. And we do some uh, podcasts, I think, on those. But um, file your documents to the court and then the, serve the other party. In other words, give them a copy of it. And then both mm-hmm. of you go to court on what they call the first court event. Now, it might be by phone or it might be in person or it might be by Teams meetings or however you're doing it. And your media, mm-hmm. your first court judge that you appear before or register might not be even in your town, might be somewhere else in Australia. So you go there oh. and basically that person's going to have a look at your material, your documents, has the other party filed their documents and what needs to happen with this case. Does it need like an interim hearing for short-term arrangements and they will set it down for that um, or, you know, some other thing? And they'll generally give you some guidance about valuations if there's property and and just depends what the issues are. So don't expect okay. too much on the first court event. It's what we call a so, directions hearing. So directions hearings would be the first court event. And, and as you said, <clears throat> there's a lot of documents you've got to file to get into that. Yeah. And I know throughout all our episodes, whenever there's been an issue where, where you've said, well, you'll have to start proceedings, starting proceedings is basically, and this is all general advice yeah. only, but is initiating application. Which should be just, yeah, my starting <laughs> application. <laughs> yeah. It should yeah. mean an application that you file to the court that says, hey, um, I was you know, in a relationship with this person because you have to have that to establish their jurisdiction. And um, we need, I want these orders, please, because we kind of, and then the other person puts in their response and we've filled in that document. And yes, yes, we've got a video on how to fill that in. And that says they tell the court what they want. So that first sort of court event, the judge is looking at the two competing proposals and seeing Right. What, what has to happen. Okay, so what happens after that? Can they order you to go and do more mediation? Yeah, they, they do. If you don't have an interim hearing, they order you off to more mediation. Now, if you're in the court, right. um, it might be a court mediation. It might be a registrar of the court or maybe even a judge who will right. um, preside over another yep. dispute resolution. The court has a really strong emphasis now on dispute resolution. Okay, so so the mediation that you could have done before you went into the mm. court system isn't court appointed, but the ones that are in court, they might say, "No, you guys need to go to mediation." And the diff, what's the difference between a court appointed mediation and the mediations yeah. that people might have done before entering okay. the court system? So the court, so a court might say, "I know you've been to mediation, but you need to go back." They might say, "You can pay for your own mediation." and go back to these people and get more mediation. Or they might say, um, having regard to your financial circumstances or the difficulty of the matter, they might say, look, you know what, let's do that mediation in-house and let the court Mm. officials um, do that mediation. Um, And so it just depends on the case, and that's what that first direction hearing is is to say. Um, So the difference is, I guess, that the court orders you to go and the court orders you to make a genuine effort to settle all 
all things in spirit because you might have tried to go to mediation before and the other party might not go or you might have tried mm. to do um, arbitration and they won't agree. Um, so that's the difference. They have to go. They, have, they have don't to have to go. go to mediation. The arbitration can only be ordered if both parties agree, but you have to go if the court orders you to go to mediation. And the court gets a little okay. report back as to whether or not right. you've made a genuine effort. Okay. So if that doesn't work, yep. the next step, I'm afraid, is final hearing. And there'll be two, really? yep, straight to there. The court's trying to wow. shorten the time that people are taking in court. So um, so oh. th- there are two little times you go before the court, probably by phone, just to check that you're ready, make sure all the documents are ready for court, and then you're off to court. Um, and, ho- and they're hoping to give their judgments within three months. So that's wow. so wrong, we isn't have- it? We have been saying for a fair yeah. while for the last two years that if you're going to go to court, make sure you've tried your best in mediation because mm. it can take a fair few number of yes. years. You're now saying it's quick as. Well, I'm now saying their ambition, the court's ambition is for it to be quick as. Whether it okay. actually happens that way, I don't know. Um, I'm going to put you in it now, yeah. Mum. Have you noticed a difference since they've added this new thing in? Is it quicker? Or are they just pretending well, that it might with be? With some judges it's quicker, okay. but it is, I must say, um, more expensive for people if they're using lawyers because there are something like eight documents you've got to file, whereas we used yeah. to just file two or three. So, yeah, I'm hoping they'll be quicker because p- uh, partly two things. One, because since COVID, the court has learned to manage its resources using teams so that mm-hmm. you will get a judge in or, or a um, registrar in any other part of Australia except Western Australia who have a slightly different system so that you you don't get turned away from the court so often and you don't have to go and wait all day to get in. So that's cheaper in that respect. And I, I do think that the court is limiting the number of interim applications that they bring because what happened was it was a spiral. We all knew it was going to take two years to get before a judge and it, you would have to keep updating the interim orders you wanted to, to suit the changing circumstance, particularly when it's kids. And so the court yeah. was so busy doing multiple interim applications that it never really got round to the, the final the hearing. And also we were using judges for those things uh, for all of the uh, compliance checks and stuff, whereas now they've got uh, registrars. So I think they're on the right track. Okay. All right. So I know you said you go literally from getting in front of a judge or someone to see what it initially mm-hmm. is and then sending you off to do another court mediation most yes. likely and then if that doesn't work, then straight to trial. Yes. But what can people do and what do lawyers do for their clients and what can people do if they don't have lawyers between that part and the trial? What is it, the stuff that oh. they can do in between to get themselves off yes. that so they don't have to go to a trial, so they don't have to go through that kind of situation. Never stop trying to settle. That's what any good lawyer will never stop trying to settle. So you've got your case in court and it's moving along. You can negotiate yeah. like crazy underneath without prejudice. Our listeners will have heard that if they're English or uh, British listeners or um, Australian listeners. Without prejudice means that no one can say in court later on that you wrote this letter and you were prepared to accept 20000 whereas at court you're saying 30000 So you can you can have confidential negotiations in writing. Just never stop. Keep looking at it in a different right. way. Try to find their interests. Why does he want that property or why do you particularly want your house? Is it that you have an emotional attachment? 
Is that realistic? All of that. Just keep trying to work at it. And at any stage, you can do consent orders and chop off the court process. When you're doing that negotiations, is it basically through writing email? You're invited to our free live webinar where we will take you through the processes and steps you need to follow to get your divorce finally sorted. We also have a live Q&A with Lynn, our podcast host, where you can ask those questions that have been burning in your mind. Whether you're stuck at the beginning of deciding to divorce or you're struggling your way through the legal process, we are here for you. Jump on the website at www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and reserve your seat today. Hurry, tickets are limited but it's free. We'll see you there. When you're doing that negotiations, is it basically through writing emails? I think it's better to do it so you can remember we've got that compass. We we tell people how to negotiate in our divorce course, but that compass of keeping it exact and keeping it short and keeping it nice and uh, with no emotion, just just putting a a business-like email. Um, to your ex will probably help. If there's anybody out there who's listening today who said, look, I have tried to negotiate. I have tried mediation. These people are so stubborn. I can't, I keep giving in, but I, ha- I have to stick to my yes. guns for this. We have got an episode called... Uh, convincing the Unconvincible. Convincing yeah. the Unconvincible, where mum gives a great episode and describes how you can really yeah. get in there and... and Work try with their and- personality. Yep. Work with their personality. We've got another web uh, episode coming up as well that we've done recently on, you know, mediation and your tips in that yes. on how to really yes. get to the to the crux of the mm. issue and find out what's blocking it. What's the what's the reason you guys can't come yes. to an agreement? Yes. Now, unfortunately, Mum, we talk about the different types of divorce personalities, and unfortunately, I guess when it comes to it, most of the types of personalities you see that get to a trial who can't manage. To to negotiate at some point along the way are what type high conflict usually and manipulative and controlling if if particularly the manipulative type they may have a completely different agenda to you your agenda would be i assume to settle it and stop this going on and get out of court and their agenda might be that they want to prove a point or they want to hurt you or they're busy I don't know, hiding money or they, they're comfortable in a house and they don't want to actually have to pay you that money and so they string mm. it out as long as they can. The court's trying really hard to identify those sort of people and um, to have cost consequences. So that's like pretty much, and we've talked about that, we've done a whole episode on costs. Yes. But so I guess one, I guess it's not a consolation, but if, if if you do have a high conflict or manipulative controlling person who refuses to negotiate or settle with you and you know they're just doing it to be a pain in the bum, that, that there is like a, I um, guess, a, a consolation prize. You, you may be able to get costs so you're not... Yes out of pocket for and, it but what about avoidant yeah. do, do any avoidant personalities end up in trial oh, prob- well they certainly end up with the case being listed now it depends yes. how avoidant person is um, if they're so avoidant they don't file any material at all uh, then mm. you may ask for cons- for default orders you know and court- so that can happen so you can be going along that court conveyor belt you might have an ex who's literally gone missing yes, or yep. just ghosted you like no one's business or just refuses to open any mail or open Absolutely. the door to a server. So you can go through the whole court process yourself 
and eventually yep. the court will make orders. Yep. Usually um, you don't wait until the final hearing. You wait until they've missed a few deadlines. The court gives them a couple of chances and then you say, Your Honour, can you make my orders by default? Obviously this person knows about the orders I've sought. I've sent him or her a text or I've sent her on Facebook Messenger and they know and you can assume, Your Honour, that they don't object, otherwise they'd be in here. So, so most personality types, um, there's a system. Like I said, there's nothing the court hasn't seen before, no matter what your dynamics are in your relationship. If your ex is avoidant, yep. the best thing that you can do is go and listen to our How to Divorce a Statue yes. episode yes, where we're literally explaining this process it takes if you are divorcing someone who just does not respond to anything or do anything. Don't despair. There is there is a light at the end of the tunnel for you as well. And like mum said, you won't end up in a trial because if they're not responding to anything, there's no yes, need for a trial, you but you still might have to go to court. You've got to prove your case, yeah. I think of the, when this divorcing a statue, I always think of those Egyptian ones that are with their arms rigid, only I imagine with the eyes shut, but you can do it. Yeah. It only takes one, even for a divorce process itself, uh, to actually get divorced. Do you, where, what part of the divorce process, we've just talked about the whole, the whole yeah, way yeah, through, yeah. what part of it do you see most people finishing and finalising with a consent order or an agreement? Where, where do most of people end up? I think it's about, about 30% with the first court event because, yeah. you know, they just might not have been answering letters before, not tried very hard, but then it sort of sorts out. I'd say three out of ten. And then then the dispute resolution has a fairly high rate of success and they might sort of take another 10%. But then you're starting to get the hardcore cases by then. Um, and then on the final hearing, which is when you usually you've got your barristers, your solicitors, all of the disclosures been done, family reports, everything's ready to go, um, and sometimes it settles at the door of the court. But here's the wow. thing: sometimes we used to get they're all dressed up, basically everyone booked, and then the judge couldn't hear us because they had another oh. case, and you would go home devastating, and the clients had to pay for all that, and then had to pay again for everyone to do it again. It's devastating. Really? Yep. That doesn't happen anymore? Well, they're trying the new rules are <clears throat> that if you turn up for a final hearing and your judge is indisposed or can't hear you for some reason, then the court will look at whether it's suitable to do it by teams uh, with a judge somewhere else in Australia where they can look around and see. And if that doesn't work, they also look at whether there could be usefully some mediation to happen that day because you're never more ready. You know, you, you can't say, oh, well, I can't settle because I don't know what her super is or I can't, everything's, yeah. you're never more ready than on that morning of the court. So I, I love yeah. the way, um, with all due respect to the to the judges and the way the rules are written, but I love the way they're doing that focus because that was um, devastating for people. And, you know, we used to negotiate sometimes um, then, but if you haven't got a judge waiting for you, uh, negotiations tend to sort of trail off. But if you know that you're, you're you're facing a judge in an hour, there's a real incentive to negotiate. Before settled, during settled, just I'm at afraid, the door, yeah. or they've done the trial. Then what happens? Well, the court makes their order, and the judges are supposed. Well, they're hoping they can do it within three months. You'll get a decision. If you've still got like a statue to deal with, 
then there are orders that the court can make that allow a registrar of the court to sign any documents that need to be done, maybe to transfer the house to you or transfer the super or close the bank accounts. Okay, okay. so hang on. So if you have someone who's completely avoidant mm. or completely horrible and nasty mm. and refuses to sign things, the court can make an order that some other person can sign on their yes, behalf. a registrar of the court. <laughs> That's brilliant. Okay, so that is something that can happen after yes. if they're still being yeah. paid. And if you can't find the person, if they've never showed up for anything, they'll do that. Um, and that's all that's been for ages the court's been able to do that. So it's yeah. it's comforting, I think, to know that you can have that. And if you're trying to get a divorce, as in so end the marriage in case you want to remarry, uh, prenup people, <laughs> prenups. But we've done an episode on that, how to protect your assets after divorce, and that is get a prenup for your next but, one. But yes. in the divorce process itself, um, if you turn up on your first day for a divorce, um, to end the marriage and they don't turn up, it, it, as long as you've proved your, that you've been separated 12 months, proper arrangements made for the kids, the court will make that divorce uh, the order and they don't need to turn up. So it's pretty, the system, it's been like started in 75, the Act is 76, I think they started um, the actual legislation and over the years they've become very good at uh, closing loopholes. People. Well, then this takes me to my next question okay. because, yeah, you think, okay, yeah, great, we've, you've had your trial or you've got your orders, even if they're refusing to sign things to hand stuff over, you've done mm-hmm. that, you've got someone sorting that out. Yeah. What happens if they don't follow the orders? <sighs> <laughs> Just to put a spanner in your children's matters? So property matters is easily fixed. Property, somebody yeah. else can sign yeah. it for them, I get I- that. But what about... Do you, do you have to go back to court again if they don't follow the mm, orders? Sometimes, yeah. yes, for enforcement, although I don't think enforcement, uh, like contravention orders are very helpful for children. Um, if, if it's a person who won't take the kids when it's their turn, there's nothing you can do about that. The court says we're not going to force the kids to go to someone who doesn't want them. How can that be in their best interest? But if you're not getting the time with your child, either bring another application to the court uh, first of all, starting with mediation proposals, see if they'll come to that, um, or a contravention application. But generally, I'd just say, look, these orders aren't working um, and see if you can open new ones. With property, um, if they, if they, so although the registrar can sign things for them, um, there has been a case in the last probably five years where a fellow was ordered to give the car over to his wife. And I don't know how he got it into her driveway, but it had no motor. Um, <laughs> is that a bit of a smart? It was. Smart. He says, I've yeah. given, yes, yeah, so that'd be a manipulative controller. What's wrong, Your Honour? I've given her the car and, uh, oh and the, I didn't breach the orders, but the court dealt with him pretty swiftly. Um, okay. So yes. what? I think they hit him up with costs and, yeah hit him up with costs and change the property order to give her more cash because he did that. Okay. Because, um, yes, so there's some there's some awful things that can happen, you know. Well, yeah, we've, we've had a lot of people write in that are saying, look, I finally got my orders or I finally got agreement and then now they're being pains in the butts or they're trying to get away around not having to do yeah. the things that they've got to do. But I guess it's kind of the same process again of go to mediation, see if you can sort it out through mediation so you avoid court. Mm. And then I guess 
go back and, well, if and it's have, worth it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If it's worth it. And yeah. you're going to have to do a cost yeah. benefit analysis of it going back to court. Yeah. And sometimes awful people get away with things sometimes because you know, you say, look, it's, is it worth my mental health? Is it worth me taking it back to court? Oh, you know what? Um, I won't. And I guess, and that is something that we've talked about before. And I think it's important in this where we're talking about the whole process mm. from beginning to finish. At any point, you can get off the conveyor belt. Mm. At any point, you can say, nah, this not is, doing it. Yeah. This is crazy. I'm not fighting over the last $25,000. Yeah. And sign consent orders. Yeah. But you've got to weigh it up, okay? Mm. And, and you know, in our last episode we were talking about guilt yes. and feeling guilty. Yep. But you also need to weigh up your mental health, your your ability to live in the future and say to yourself, okay, is it worth me fighting for the next year uh, and spending ten grand on lawyers for $25,000? Yes. Or would it be better for me to cut my losses Try, I've tried my best and I just need to move yeah. on with my life and, and, and ask yourself those questions. Look at, ask the people around you, yeah. is this affecting me? Has this changed my personality? Yeah. Am I more stressed? Are my ki- have you noticed any changes yes. with your kids? Really look at the effect that the constant fighting is having on you. Yeah. But, of course, you know, that doesn't mean just throw your hands no, up in the air, doesn't no. mean give up. But it means you've got to weigh you, it up. And, asking, and to be honest, yeah, you ask yourself. How much, how much does it usually cost for a client of yours to go to trial? I, I'm going to say about $50,000, probably more. Ouch. Yeah, all yeah. the way to trial. Um, you, you, with your settlements at all times, ask yourself if you can live with it. And that's that when you ask your if your future self is going to look back and kick themselves. But sometimes, like, when you're there in the pressure of the moment and you know how crap it feels getting up every morning with this case hanging over your head, probably first thing you think about, you're scared to do stuff in case it, you know, goes against you in property settlement or whatever, um, it might be cheap at half the price. So I often say there's two ways you can end a matter, a contested matter. One is to win it. If it's a tug of war, pull them over the line, and the other is to drop the rope and walk away. If it's not mm. that important to you, maybe give in to them. But yeah, just I'd talk to your besties about it. Talk to a lawyer about yeah. it. Ask yourself what it's worth because sometimes you know if you can get um, say a lump of money now, you'll save all that money in legal fees, and you might be able to buy a house or car, whatever it is you want to buy now at the lower prices. I mean, you really. What happens if you were still not settling during that recent boom in prices we had? You know, you, the opportunity cost is terrible. So, and and you know, house prices are dropping again. Yeah. And if you're halfway through negotiating and you like it, you've got to really think about it as a whole. Yes. But I guess, Mum, I'm going to throw a spanner in the All works right. again. <laughs> um, we're talking about you know, uh, just you know, ending it. But what happens if, and, and this is another element to the end of the line, what happens if you agree to property settlement, you think it's fair, you've seen what they've got, you've seen what you've got, and then all of a sudden, boom, they seem to have millions of dollars or, or a brand new Lamborghini or some sort of thing that you didn't know about that wasn't included. Can you, even though you've got the orders from mm. the judge, can you still go back is that another part of yes. the process, it's, really, if yeah. you think about so it? So it's under, um, in, in marriages, it's under Section 79A to reopen consent orders um, or reopen okay. orders. Um, that's, you really start again almost um, there. So be careful of your yep. facts. 
make sure yeah. you know. To make sure you've got yes. facts. Yes. Yeah. So because maybe they're just, just spending their money in a in a very haphazard way. Their girlfriends, <laughs> they might have hired the Lamborghini just to give you the pips. Um, you know, sometimes it's just to poke at you. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that is another element that some people, I guess, go. How many people do you see that happening to? Have that happened to any of your clients? One a year, probably in our whole firm, I'd say. Okay, uh, one a okay. year. Yeah, um, one a year. That's good. Oh yes. Well, the That's court good. is very reluctant. Like it's kind of every relationship gets one property settlement each, <laughs> and it's yeah. again about yeah. about sorting out court resources. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Thank you, Mum, for sharing that amazing process that people would have to go through. But I think sometimes if you're, especially if you're a new listener and you're about to face this and you just feel so much overwhelmed, you just go, oh, my goodness, where do I even start? If everything's in joint names, if you're living in the same house together and you're just like, oh, my God, this is going to be so hard to figure out. But if you at least have a roadmap and you can see, all right, this is what I do first, this is what I do next, this is what potentially could happen down the future. And I think it's important, and no offence to lawyers um, because, Mum, I'm sure you're not like this, but I do feel like a lot of people who get lawyers, they don't tell them about the next steps that are coming. They just tell them about the step that is happening. And I think a lot of people probably would settle sooner and and maybe negotiate and give up a little bit of the rope if they knew what we were they were in for yes. in the future. Yes. And I think it's important that anyone listening today is very aware and very educated and conscious about the the potential of what they will face if they can't come to an agreement. And again, we always said you're walking into a room for a trial for someone who doesn't know you from a bar of yes. soap, and you've got a hope from some eight documents that they're going to get your side of the story and give you what you want, which no one ever really works out of a trial. Well, you might get what you want, but you've had to pay a lawyer to do it all the time. So, and, and that, that whatever of hard times, you know, um, that you're going to have. So, yeah, I I agree. People need to know. And I think that's why we use the the words, educate, empower yourself, because, Mm. um, if you know the process, then you, you've got a little more control over it. And if you're, yep. if you you think it might be worth it, say, well, how about we try mediation? People think yep. mediation is only for people who agree on everything, but no, they're pretty good. The mediators at reality checking, both of you, and mm. and you know sometimes things that look like they'll never settle do. Don't underestimate a mediator because no. most of them are ex judges yep. or they're barristers or QCs and or their mum, yep. <laughs> and they know every trick in the yep. book. They know what to look for and they know the buttons to press to get people to agree. Yes. So yep. definitely, yep. if you can try mediation, if you are about to go into mediation, we do some great podcast episodes oh, yes. on what to expect from mediation. And of course, if you are going through that court conveyor belt right now, we have got lots of podcast episodes on. That that part of the process yes. as well. Yes. Yes. So good luck, everyone. Yes, good luck if you are listening today. Go and check out some other episodes if you're interested uh, to guide you along the way. And, of course, we also do the divorce course actual program, yes. the DIY Divorce Blueprint. If you're interested, you can go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au. And it's for the facto as well, isn't it? Not, not just married. And it's about staying out of court, I guess. Yes, it's it's getting your property and your children's orders sorted out of court. Mm. Um, however, we will be doing in the future a, a way to self-rep um, and go through the court process. After I come back from holidays, well. Laura. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening, Mum. Everybody who's listening, feel free to check out our free checklist, download anything that um, might be helpful to you. It's all there free Mm. to help you guys. And thank you, Mum, for giving us all your knowledge. No worries. Thank you, Laura, for working out Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording.